Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. One thirty-four in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers Now, Brendan Ulrich, go with you. Some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. For menu and locations, visit RoyalPizza.ca. Hey, Reed, remember that time Bob bought us Royal Pizza in studio? That was incredibly kind of him. That was awesome. First and only time we kind of guilted him into doing it, but he did. <laughs> you do it. guilted him into the guilt doing worked. it. Guilt worked, yes. So he can't argue guilt. You reminded him three or four times that day. Hey, is there going to be pizza? Else? I'm not coming. It. I'm just kidding. It was a little early though for you. It was like twelve o'clock. We were doing that. So, so was that when we did our playoff predictions? Playoff predictions. Yeah. Well, yes. I try to forget those. <laughs> Didn't you go with uh, Minnesota Columbus? Well, I stuck with my preseason prediction of and hey Columbus, hey Columbus almost beat Washington. Look how close they were. They did, Up 2-0, yeah. crossbar in Game 3 overtime. Capitals get an incredibly fluky bounce goal, and away they go. No looking back. Well, yeah, they, they have a good team. Maybe, maybe they would have went to the Cup if they got through Washington. Well, it's it's, it's very close, and I think that what's, what uh, that's what makes the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, so fun to watch, is that you can, I, I think in this year's playoffs, you could probably make a half-decent case for 13 of the 16 teams as to why they could go on a run and win the Stanley Cup. I, I think it would have been hard to come up with that for probably Colorado, probably New Jersey, and probably Philadelphia in terms of being able to survive four rounds against another top-caliber opponent. But, I mean, Jonathan Quick has a historic save percentage and goes up against Marc-Andre Fleury, who has an even better save percentage. Yeah. So, I mean, the L.A. had great goaltending, had Kopitar having a great season. They didn't even win a playoff game, and some people thought they could go deep on a run. That's that's what makes the hockey playoffs certainly more uh, wild and woolly than the NBA playoffs, where it's uh, no. <laughs> down to a few teams. Well, that's changing, hopefully, here with uh, LeBron uh, going to the Lakers, but uh, we'll see. I mean, the baseball playoffs are pretty wide open. Oh, yeah. You know, this is because certainly there are favored teams, but you can set your pitching staff a little more so you can make sure you can get your top three pitchers on the mound a lot more. The, the, you can really rely on that specialization in the bullpen. 
Uh, I just the, the games take four and a half hours to play nine innings, so <laughs> that drains interest for a lot of people. I think we had uh, four guys in studio that day that think they know a lot about hockey, and none of us picked the Capitals or the Golden Knights to get to the Stanley Cup final. So that shows you how much we know in the parody in hockey, I guess, as you were talking about there. So, well, and the Capitals were what sixth overall. I mean, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, no, no one was because you sort of rely on what you'd seen in previous playoffs, yes. which was them falling apart in the first or second round or not being. And and that's what changed for the Capitals is they were more willing to play a, a rugged game. They and you know maybe Wilson blossoming or you know coming into his own helped, uh, mm-hmm. but they were more willing to play that rugged game. And and that's I you know I I, I reject that. Well, are they uh, are they a, you know they're a speed team or are they a, a, a size team? Well, you have to have both. Or even if you don't have the size, you have to have the willingness to to, to check and, and play the the grinded out game. And you might have one of the two. I mean, I know they, you t- they people talk about heavy hockey. Well, now, well, he, you know, heavy hockey was dead. Now the Capitals do this. Well, now maybe heavy hockey. Heavy hockey never went anywhere. Going back to the 1930s, and skill hockey never went anywhere. Going back to them playing on the St. Lawrence Seaway. <laughs> Where a guy would get a breakaway and then you'd never see the puck again. Oh, you know, the great teams have always had, had both. Yeah. I mean, they've had always had both. So this this whole thing, well, you get you gotta emphasize one of the you might you might have a strength, but the winning teams always have uh, you know, a very strong complementary skill as well. Well yeah, the caps they, they learned it by losing so many times. They finally figured out what it takes to get through the playoffs and Everyone was on board, and uh, they worked together as a team. Ultimately, they won the Stanley Cup. So we'll see if the Oilers can take note this uh, season, Reed. And uh, it is July 17th today, and uh, we're having some fun. This is Oilers now. And uh, so I decided I'd come up with an Oilers topic each day on the show. Do you want to know what the topic is today? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I think I know what it is, <laughs> but yes. Yes, we are talking about the Oilers' top six for next season. Now this stemmed back to a call I received from Travis uh, yesterday on the show. He called in and he said he thinks that he would like to see Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid together on the top line because that's a trio we haven't seen yet. And he said you know, there there was some chemistry at times with Nugent Hopkins and the Lucic. And perhaps now that McDavid has, you know, Nugent Hopkins skating with him into the offensive zone, Lucic can sort of, you know, lay back a little bit, find some room in the slot, Use his big body to open up some room and stuff like that. So that was where, where he was going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We've seen Lucic McDavid together in the past. So I don't know if it will work. I don't think that'll be the first uh, option for McClellan in training camp. Maybe they go to it at some point. But what would your uh, top six be? Well, I, I think you have to give uh, allow Raddy that chance as the incumbent to play on the right side with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. I, I know it was a very short set of games. What did he have? Nine points in thirteen games, I believe. And he wasn't uh, great in every game, but he had a couple of really nice games. He showed what I liked about Raddy was he 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 wasn't forcing plays, and I think sometimes you see that with skilled players. I mean, under Drysital struggled with it at times. Even McDavid at times, uh, you know, when the when the play isn't there, they try to force a pass or try to beat a guy one on one or one on two. What I liked about Raddy is he was often willing to just dump the puck in dump the puck into a corner if if he looked up in the neutral zone and and didn't see a a completable pass just fire it in and and realize he's got the fastest guy in the league who can go four check and and another pretty fast guy Nugent Hopkins who can get in there after it I I think that you know Raddy obviously was got got the new contract it's extremely affordable and uh 
I think at the start of training camp, who knows if it'll stay that way through training camp, I, I think Raddy did enough to be the incumbent there and, and to sit there on the right side with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. And I think you give him the first chance, and, and may, maybe it turns out to be the first chance to fail. Who knows? But maybe he hangs on to it for a long time. Raddy's going to be interesting to watch. Is, is he a player who now in his mid-20s has found a niche, who's figured out what he's had to do, who's sufficiently worked on some of the deficiencies in his game? Is he obviously in a good spot with, with two guys who are really smart and, and he's going to figure out where to find the holes and get to the puck you know, and be there ahead of time? Is, is he that guy now who can, can be that really nice compliment that maybe you wouldn't have expected him to be a Euro? Or by game 20, are we just going to say, yep, there's Tyratty, he's a quadruple-A player. He'll go down to the minors and he'll put up big points, and when he comes up to the NHL, he, he just won't be able to sustain it, either because, you know, he's just not quite quick enough or his shot's not quite good enough or he just, you know, doesn't quite have the anticipation. So that, that he's going to be interesting to watch. If, if, he's, if he can be who he was over the last like he was for the last 13 games of the season and you know have some have some good games we have some average games but not really have any poor games then that's going to help the Oilers top line and allow them some flexibility down the right side which is to me uh the hugest question mark on the team down that right side and that's even with yeah. Lucic being a left winger well just quickly Roddy, if I'm him this offseason I'm one time in a million pucks a day I'm in the gym 24-7 you know you have a chance to play potentially with Connor McDavid like that would be a dream for any hockey player so you hope that, uh, well, I'm assuming he will come to camp in, in phenomenal shape, and then hopefully he can run with it. We'll, we'll wait and see uh, on that front. But uh, what's your second line look like? Uh, well, <laughs> Dreisaitl's obviously the center. Yeah. I, I would think at the start of training camp, and hopefully you know, the regular season, you give Lucic a chance to be the right winger, or pardon me, the left winger, because... I mean, he's here's the thing, he, he's he's been a pretty pretty steady player except for the last half of last year, and the the lockout shortened season in Boston. He had a really, and I think his shooting percentage was down around seven eight percent, like it was this past season. I think you have to show him trust, where it's like saying, "Hey, Luch, you went really bad, man," but that's that's still your spot, and you're being paid like a guy who plays on one of the top two lines. So we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt as one of the older guys on the team that you can go out there and get it back. the the right The right side there, I, I just don't know. It, that that's the one that is totally up for grabs, and I'm I'm pretty sure. That in the preseason, McClellan will will default to Raddy as the incumbent on the top line. I'm not sure what he's going to default to on the right side. I mean, it can't be Aberg. Camilleri was there a lot late last season. He's gone. Um, you got Yamamoto, who's, I think, going to push really hard. I mean, be very it, determined. Yeah. You got Jesse Pugliarvi, who, from what I have seen, does not deserve to be on one of the top two lines. I'm sure he'll get a shot. Uh, you got Zach Cassian, who's more likely a depth guy, third or fourth line. And then you have Tobias Reader. And, and I wonder if they say to Reader, all right, you are willing to sign a one year deal to prove yourself. We need someone in that position. Um, you and Dreisaitl have played together before. And I don't want to make too much of that because yeah. playing for Team Germany or Team World is a lot different than playing together 82 games in the NHL. But maybe that's what they say, where they say, okay, Reader, you know, we are willing to give you a chance. You want the chance. 
So here's your opportunity. What can you do with it? And if the, 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 I mean, if Lucic is not a fast player, so then at least you have Dreisaitl and Reader on the same line who can get after pucks from a speed perspective and, and then maybe allow Lucic some time to, to get in there from more of you know his steamrolling style of game perspective. So I, 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 I don't have a guy on the second line as the favorite because no one, no one is proven. Like I mean, here's the thing: the Oilers have six right wingers. No, nobody's a guarantee. I mean, Cassian's clearly going to be on the roster. Um, Reader's clearly going to be on the roster. Other than that, I don't know how the other who's who's going to get the which two guys are going to fill in out of the which two out of the four are going to fill in the other two spots because there's question marks about all of them. I think long term. I, I really think Kyler Yamamoto is going to have a better NHL career than Jesse Puliyarvi. I, I I really do, because I I just think there's he's he's quicker, he's craftier, and he's used to being the smallest guy on the ice and figuring it out. But can I say that Yamamoto is going to grab the second line right wing spot right out of training camp? I don't know if he can. That's why they might default to Reader right at the beginning just to give him that opportunity and may, and maybe that's the, the safe bet to see how it develops early on. Well, the hope is that both Poli, RV and Yamamoto both work out. Then you can have your top two Well, right absolutely. I hope, all, I hope all six of those guys on yeah. the right side play great and it's an intense comp, an intense competition. Oh, yeah, but the, competition the big but is how many of those guys... Ladies, you have a chance to play with me, David. You have a chance to play with dry settle. Like Those are two really good centers and all these young players are coming to camp. It should be a, a really a big competition. Another thing I will say about Reader. He is that I sides. wonder if Dreisaitl would be more excited to play with him than with other Because I, I thought clearly at times late in the season, Dreisaitl looked like he was forcing plays. He didn't trust you know, his, that his teammates were going to make yeah. a play if he, if he got them the puck. And, and Aberg was all, often the guy on the right side in those situations. Well, they, yeah, a new, line, a new line mates every game pretty much, it seemed like. Right. So, so you hope that it's really that can stay there from the start to the right. Finish. So may, maybe that's something that sparks yeah. sparks Leon as well. Is that we're going to give you this guy you got some familiarity with and, and see if you can make something happen from there. See, I have Reader on the left side with uh, Dry Settle. I have Lucic on my third line actually to start Reed, and then I have uh, one of Poliarvi or Yamamoto on the right side. I just went all skill on that second line, so we'll see. I mean, new, a new coaching staff as well. Maybe the assistants will have some influence on how the the lineup looks to start. Again, I, I just think you, and I, and I know it's it's tough, and it, it's interesting. At least the feedback I get when I host on Lucic. I mean, there's yeah. people who like literally want him off the team. Like if Melan Lucic like quit hockey today, they'd throw a party. And I also get a lot of people <laughs> saying like, "Hold on, let's trust the guy as a veteran that that he's he's going to come back and take some pride in it and figure some things out in in the off season." I th- again, given the contract and what he has done for. 85% of his pro career, maybe even more, that you give him that first shot on the second line left side. It's 147 in Edmonton. Reed Wilkins in studio here on Oilers Now. We will take a quick timeout. We'll get to uh, some text messages here. We will also talk about Terrell Owens. What does Reed think about him coming to the Eskimos potentially? That's all ahead after a quick timeout.
When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 150 in Edmonton. Ulrich and Wilkins with you here on Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer away for the week. He's back on Monday. Now, Reed, you'll remember this day very uh, vividly because you actually documented these things when you were the producer of the show and I just go back and at this time of the year there's not a lot going on I steal all your oiler histories that you used to uh, document uh, in Microsoft Word which you handed over to me when I took over the job so I'm really appreciative of that because on a day like this, July 17th, Weather History brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. If you're looking at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018, New West Travel has some great rates on these fabulous cruises. The Oilers signed Taylor Chorney and Ryan O'Mara to one-year contracts. A huge day what year in was that? history, 2011. Amazing. <laughs> well, this is when uh, you were the producer of the show. Truly amazing. Or that's uh, No, you weren't the producer of the show yet. Was there even Oilers now back then in 2011? Uh, I think that's when it started. Yeah, okay. 11 or 12. Wow. It's a long time ago. <laughs> that's fascinating. But well, who was Chorney with this past year? He was at the Capitals. Was he with the Caps? Yeah. yeah. I think he... Well, did he get a he, ring? I don't know. I don't even, he didn't play don't a playoff game, did he? Yeah, no. I don't think he played. And, and uh, Brad Hunt did not play a playoff game for Vegas, did he? No. I think there was one time they thought he was going to play. And then he didn't get in? Oh, actually, Chorney was with Columbus. Oh, he finished with Columbus. Yeah. Okay. Started the year with Washington, finished with Columbus. Played one game one with the Blue Jackets. One game with the Blue Jackets. Okay. There there you go. How many NHL games is he up to now? 166. All right. So there you have it. I remember that one year, uh, I think it was in the same season, the Oilers waved him and the Blues claimed him, and then the Blues waved him and the Oilers claimed yeah, him. I, think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> He's bounced around a lot. So he's a UFA right now, I believe. What about your buddy Mark Letestu? Where is he uh, going to start? I don't know. Yeah, he's still out there. I don't know. He's still available. Brandon Davidson is still available. There's a few uh, interesting names out there. Scott Hartnell's still out there, is he not? Yeah, Hartnell's available, for sure. Yeah. Upshaw. Actually, I had Jonathan Willison on. Or Jonathan Willis on earlier. He mentioned the name Alish Hemsky. 
Would you give him in a PTO invite? In what context? Invite? Just as him being a former <laughs> well, Oiler? Yeah, well, do you give him a PTO invite? Will some team give him a PTO invite? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, you see, a, so many you see a few pop up in September, right? Yeah. Once GMs realize, like, oh, okay, this guy's still sitting there. Will the Oilers give Hemsky a PTO? I would, I would I doubt it. I don't think they will, no. But, yeah, it's interesting to think about. You'd have to obviously do some research and make sure he's healthy because he has played Well, that's the thing. He's been very limited the last yeah. couple seasons, right? So, other than uh, this hot uh, topic that I created uh, on the show today, the Oilers' top six read, uh, everyone's been texting in about T.O. to the Eskimos. And uh, we don't know where this thing yeah, is this headed. Yeah, uh, this is so <laughs> strange to me because I don't... I, I mean, I, I guess this is one of those where you can sit there and say, if there's smoke, there's fire. Because if he's activating the window, then maybe he does want to play. And if the Eskimos put him on the negotiation list, they're at least half serious about maybe taking a look at him. Oh, I think he wants to play for sure. Yeah. But I I just don't understand. I mean, I, I know he had that incredibly fast 40-yard dash or whatever it was for a 44-year-old. And I know he was a really good receiver in his prime. He's not in his prime. No. <laughs> I'm 44 years old. I'm not in my prime physically. Whether if I you pl- can still whether, run a marathon. Whether I play to the N- in the NFL or not. If you can run a marathon, I can't, Terrell Owens I, can Very play slowly in the I can run a marathon. <laughs> I can half efficiently run a half marathon. But I also don't understand why the Eskimos would feel they need another import receiver. They have Duke Williams. They have Darrell Walker. They have Vidal Hazelton. They have Bryant Mitchell. Well, three of the the, the the top five receivers are on the Eskimos roster in terms of yards. And they Stafford, have Kenny Stafford. Stafford. How Stafford's could I forget fit. Kenny Stafford, who's another American? So yeah. And they're the you pretty much have to play. I mean, unless they're thinking Colhoun comes back at DB and you flip the ratio and you can have another American receiver, uh, another American on the offensive side of the ball, so T.O. takes out Nate Ajay if he's good enough to play. I, I, I mean, it, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see what he could do. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, and the thing is, the Eskimos, are a, they're not an 0-5 team desperate to find something that's going to give them a spark. I mean, hey, I know there's frustrations with the team. They didn't score a ton of points the last two games, but they were right there and they still put up yards in both games and they, they have a, a receiver who's on pace for 2,000 yards Jeez. right now. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get there in the end, but like Duke's having an incredible season. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing in T.O. You can't pay him that much, right? Like You can't pay him $400,000. So is he going to play for eighty grand to be the fourth option, to be the th- even the third option? Would he even be the third option? I mean, the top two are obvious on this team. Uh, Stafford's kind of become the number three, and then you got whoever else, like uh, Ajay or Gable out of the backfield or Bahar catching the other passes. So I I I understand it from like a it's a great conversation point. It's it's kind of interesting to think about that he could come play here but he's been out of the game for so long mm-hmm. and where does he fit on the Eskimos roster whose spot does he take who does he obviously bump off well, the only okay well he bumps of off one of the Canadians the so you have to have efficient, an efficient Canadian to play somewhere yeah. else but maybe the Hazelton injury is more is longer than we expected we haven't heard an update on him. He, what, he's on the sixth game, is he not? Maybe it ends up being a season-ending type situation. Right, and he got hurt in the first game of the year, yeah. right? So he has to miss another couple. That's just speculation. I don't want to say anything on Hazelton. I don't know anything on that, but maybe that's the reason why they look to bring in a receiver. 
doesn't mean it would be T.O. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, something to think about. It'd be fun. It's, for, it's, for one it's, it's an interesting talker I'd love some to point. see it one game, just to see it happen. It would be great. Well, if he came and played well, that'd be great, because yeah. it, help, it helps the Eskimos. I, I would just be... Be skeptical that that he would be, you know, an, inc- an incredible player at this point in his life, and I'd be skeptical that he he that he's actually sitting there thinking he wants to play for whatever relatively small amount of money that that he would be offered. His good friend I would, I would uh, Chad Johnson gave it a try in the uh, CFL. Yeah, I mean, what he was he <laughs> like? He was not very good. adequate. Maybe at best. Here. And I was. And then how him. late in his career was he? He wasn't as old as T.O. No, not even close. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm sure you'll be talking a little bit more about that tonight on Inside Sports. It's going to be fun tonight. Uh, former Edmonton Trapper, former Chicago White Sox, former uh, AL Rookie of the Year, Ron Kittle is going to be on the nice. show. He's coming to the Prospects game on Friday. Panthers defenseman Mark Pesic will be in studio. Beautiful. Awesome stuff. Thanks for stopping by, Reed. Hopefully you'll do it again next Tuesday. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was Stoffer's plan to have you in every Tuesday. We'll see if uh, it happens or not. It's at one fifty-eight. That wraps up the Tuesday edition of Oilers Now. Tomorrow on the show, we will have former Oiler, now the St. Louis Blues, Patrick Maroon. I'm working on a few more guests as well. Up next, the afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. But first, Eileen Bell is your 2 o'clock news update. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.